Hey everyone, welcome back. This week's episode is very special to me. I have my first female guest ever. Yes, it's Natasha Marie. She is a heartbreak and reinvention coach and we'll be discussing overanalyzing in relationships, negative thought and finding self. So if you're interested in hearing more, stay tuned. Welcome to my latest episode I have my first female guest ever um Natasha do you want to introduce Thank yourself you so please? much Jennifer so yes I am Natasha Marie I am a breakup and reinvention coach and I support women who are going through a breakup or trying to navigate through dating and are in potential relationships and they're just not sure about where they're going what they're doing they're just heartbroken and confused and I help them to navigate through that and essentially find the dream partner. Mm. And I know a lot of ladies, especially now in a pandemic, um, you know, it's tested quite a few relationships. Um, Some people are currently, you know, in the process of Mm. breakups, uh, in the process of, you know, finding themselves again healing um through all of that and also potentially trying to find love so my one question for you though is what's made you get into this space yeah and and, you know it's such a it's such a great question because I um I actually originally started as an emotional eating coach and the reason why I started as that was because I had gone through a breakup and I had felt like I was the biggest I was ever going to be and actually looking back I was the slimmest I was ever going to be well slimmest I ever had been and um, I really thought I needed an emotional eating coach to help me because my ex-partner had told me I'd put on weight I was fat I shouldn't be eating certain foods so those were some of the emotional traumas that I had actually gone through so when that relationship was over Mm -hmm. I was like so heartbroken I was so confused I felt so lost and so coaching was very new to me and I didn't really know that what actually I needed back then was not an emotional eating coach I needed a breakup coach and from navigating through the motions and essentially coming through to the other side as it were where I'd learned all these tools and techniques and I actually learned how to heal my heartbreak that I was like oh my gosh like why am I not helping other women who have gone through this essentially find love and find a partner? Yeah. Oh, that that's that. Do you know what? I wish I knew that maybe about five, six years ago. Um, and just because of like the same kind of the same thing happened to me Ooh. in a sense. Um, I was dating somebody um, and I was absolutely miserable and I had put on weight. Yeah. Um, and that weight then became a reason for the demise mm. of our relationship. Even though he didn't verbally mm. tell me that, I knew that it was. Even though he was the one that was causing me to overeat and, you know, the stress mm. of it all. And my um, therapy and kind of unpacking everything that happened in that relationship was just mm. going to the gym, right? I said you know what, I'm dealing with this issue that I've kind of found myself in and I played a massive part in, but it didn't do anything Mm. to help me. So I'm going to help myself and I'm going to rid myself of this weight. So I fixed the exterior Mm. of myself, but I still didn't deal with some of the emotional baggage that I was carrying along inside internally. And so having somebody to tell me like, listen, you were, you know, you were using Mm. food as a way to deal Mm -hmm. and to cope emotionally with things that were, you know, that were um, impacting you at the time. And that's okay. But now that you're moving forward and you've let go of this person, this is what you should be looking at, you know? And I think the space that you're in is, is great because, Um, And it's going to, you know, transition into our topic kind of about, you know, how we need to 
stop overanalyzing in relationships. I think a lot of the times when things do go wrong in relationships, mm. right? We normally tend to put that weight and mm-hmm. burden on ourselves yeah. first. Even though that person had, could play a massive part in it, we normally think, right, what did I do? Was it me? Did I do this? Was I not skinny enough? Was yeah, I yeah. not, you know, bubbly enough? Was I not this? Was I not that? And, you know, especially now that we're in a pandemic and, you know, a lot of us are dealing with this thing um, in so many different ways. And some of them can be quite destructive. I think for me is, why do you think that we overanalyze in our relationships? Yeah, and you know, that's such a great question because I think, you know, you just hit the nail on the head. You know, when you're searching for the external to cope with something that's going on in the internal you know, you're going to have that trauma, you're going to have that disconnection. And it's really interesting, because this is the thing which I think a lot of us forget about that, you know, us overthinking us, you know, overanalyzing the relationship, you know, is kind of like a really common issue that I see from my clients, because what they're doing is, they kind of get into that space where they're battling their two, they're battling their inner inner goddess versus their inner gremlin and it's kind of like that huge battle between I know I deserve better I know I deserve more but I'm still gonna beat myself up over what has happened and the truth is you know the right issue you know the real issue isn't being dealt with and so we do turn to the external so we can turn to drugs we can turn to drinking we can turn to sex to shopping it could even be in in you know my case and and by the sounds of it from yours you know eating so we kind of use those coping mechanisms to almost numb and dull down that pain but we don't realize and I think Mm -hmm. this is the thing we're so I think the world is so geared up now we're so able like we're really in that space where we can talk about mental health we can talk about what's going on inside of us more so now than ever before because we're all on the internet almost 24 hours a day right and so you know we have to be able to you know we can google things we can jump on podcasts we can listen and learn and there's just an absolute a beautiful library out there of just so much great information but until you work on yourself the books are not going to mm-hmm. help you and you run those overthinking patterns because when you're overthinking yes. you're almost mag like how many times have you sort of had this thought like oh you know I don't know whether I'm good enough and then you start to think it more yeah. and more and more before you know it you're mm-hmm. trying to find reasons that prove that you're not good enough Yes. Yeah. So it's like a self-fulfilling exactly. kind of yeah. self-prophecy. You know, you, you put so much energy into something that you start to then try to validate that because you're yeah. putting that energy into it. No, I completely agree. I, I used to I used to be super critical of myself and always in a negative way, nothing positive. And then I would just think, oh my God, no. I, I I did not do this right. And then I would I would sit in that space and then I would put so mm. much time and energy and thought into it. And then if one little hiccup happened, it might even be minor. I'm like, there, there it is. Yeah. I said it. I knew it. And it's just like, no, you created Absolutely. that space to allow that to happen. So I completely agree. And it's just that, like and, and you know, I think it's it's so interesting that, you know, we're talking about this because I think it's something that needs to be said out loud and it needs to be put out there that, you know, as as women, you know, we want to appear perfect in what really is an imperfect mm. world. And we're constantly basing how our relationship should be, how our image should be and there's so many shoulds that we kind of get so caught up in almost the idea of happiness when we have as opposed to being actually happy with what we've got you know Mm -hmm. when we're going through the breakup when we're going through this like turmoil what we're essentially doing is we're like oh you know 
I should have been skinnier. I should have, you know, not picked that fight. I shouldn't have been a brat. I should have, you know, thought about not having that argument. If we didn't have that argument, we would still be together. Mm, but yes. it's not real. You know, <laughs> yes. that's not real life because if you're not compatible with each other, it's never going to yeah, work. Right. Exactly. And do you know what? I think, I think what you said prior to that about how we want mm. to be perfect, right? And a lot of the times it is, is not wanting to be perfect for ourselves, but wanting to be perfect and to be liked okay. by other people, right? So we fashion ourselves against what, you know, what our friends would like, what's going what's the latest thing on social media and all of these different external factors, right? So we're trying to, you know, please other people and then in the midst of it all still be happy within, you know, the situation ourselves. And I think that's where some of the overanalyzing comes from because not only are you overanalyzing from your own perspective, but then you're also factoring external influence, right? So what are my friends... What are my family going to think if I posted this person all over social media and now, you know, the photos have dried up and I'm not tagging this person anymore? What are people going to think in my, you know, social media network? What I'm going to have to say? What does that conversation dialogue look like? And I think a lot of the times is that's where we get stuck. We get stuck in that bit instead of saying, okay, well, if I were just to remove all of that, what do Absolutely. I personally feel? What's mm-hmm. best yeah. for me outside of, you know, the external noise and even sometimes that internal noise that comes in from fear, from doubt, from anxiety. What am I saying? How am I feeling and thinking in this present moment? And is this good for me? And if it's good for me, then what does that next step looks like? I think a lot of the times is because it's so hard to concentrate and be honest with how we're feeling because of all yeah. of these different things, we then start to to overanalyze and overthink. And we don't want to make the wrong step, do we? We don't want to make the wrong decision. We don't want to look like the bad guy. We don't want to look mm-hmm. like the weak Absolutely. person. We don't want to look a mug, you know. Yeah, all and it's so true you're saying things. this because, you know, it's one of these things where we do go into this almost like a you kind of spiral out of control a little bit and it it's one of these um you know mm-hmm. i think for for me we were starting to move into the we must be perfect we must be perfect world until like last year when covid hit and it was almost for the first time acceptable for people to say i'm not okay i'm not coping well and oh. it's so interesting yes. because prior to that Everybody had to put on their face paint and put their makeup on and show up and smile and pretend that they were fine, but really there were cracks behind the makeup. And it was almost like last year was a real mm-hmm. eye opener to the world where we could actually start to be okay with not being okay. And so it's kind of like a real, yeah. it's such a huge movement because it's like more and more people are in this space where they have gone through a breakup and they're saying, you know, I'm actually really struggling. I'm really struggling to navigate through what I'm going through. You know, I'm, I'm actually almost grieving for the loss of somebody and I'm confused Mm -hmm. and I don't know where I'm coming from. Or, you know, you find people are dating, but they're actually unable to date in the normal conventional ways. So they're resulting to, you know, Zoom dating and that's incredible. But it's these motions that are in place at the moment where we still feel we have to show up perfectly. And it's it's something which the more real women speak about, you know, it's it's a funny thing because I'm looking to get a new phone because I need a a better phone. And again, the thing of I need a better phone. And you look online and, you know, the brand new iPhone is out and it's doing this and you can join Clubhouse and you can do all this fancy, fancy stuff. And you can't help but think, oh, if I don't have that, I'm going to be missing out. Like like that, the FOMO that comes up. And it's like when you're single, 
you are in this mindset of, oh my God, I'm missing out on dot, 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 you know? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know the funny thing is, because I was just, I was talking to my friend about this and I just said, it's so funny because there's nothing like being Mm. in the wrong relationship to make you have Mm. FOMO, right? And it's so funny because a single person can have FOMO for a completely drastically different reason, right? So the single person is looking at someone who's in a relationship and wanting and wishing that they just had that, right? They just want a companion. They just want to be with someone. They just want to be chosen, right? And then you have someone Mm. who has been chosen, who is in a relationship, but that relationship is toxic. It's counterproductive to this person's life, you know, projection, what they, what they stand, what they want in the future, but yet they have someone, but she's the fear of missing out on a potential person that she could actually be with, but they're both actively wanting the same thing and have the same desires. Um, And there are different phases of their life. And I, and I completely agree with you about, about, this kind of fear mm. of missing out and that also goes into yeah. overanalyzing as well because overanalyzing a situation I sometimes feel mm. is very counterproductive because it only allows you to do Absolutely. just that it's to get mm. you to think there's no movement you're not moving forward. You're not moving backwards. You're literally stuck. And being stuck in a position, maybe when you're not sure is a good thing because it allows you mm. to kind of, you know, unpack certain things and, and try to navigate what you're thinking before you make any movement and any steps. So that's good. But when you're, when you're in a place where you can't mm. move at all, because you're so yeah. afraid and that that overanalyzing has yeah. has consumed you to the fact is that you don't want to go left mm-hmm. right back or forth because you have no idea yes. you don't trust yeah. yourself to it's so right funny decision. you say that because I will never forget I was in my past relationship and my friends and I had been such we'd been such great friends and we would you know go on our holidays together and we would have so much fun and every year my friends would plan to do a trip and once I started dating my ex I stopped going on that trip and the reason why I stopped going on that trip was because I didn't trust myself because I was I knew I was in a loveless relationship and I was so desperately looking for the connection that I knew I would have overthought all the situations possible and I wouldn't consider myself a cheater but I didn't trust myself to not want to look elsewhere and people would say oh you know but when you're in that position you should have left the relationship well the funny thing is is when you're stuck in that position you're so scared you're so scared to leave because you have no other choice but to mm-hmm. stay because you're afraid of being on your own yeah. because the thing you wanted so for so long and yeah. going back to the FOMO is you've wanted to be in the relationship you're now in the relationship but you're actually mm-hmm. missing out on not only having the experience that you see other people having where they're in loving relationships but you're just constantly battling with yeah. your inner inner devil almost yeah and so what do you say to that inner voice because I that's something that I struggle with all the time and I know that inner voice is is 50% myself and 50% external factors do you know what I mean like the people that are closest to me that I care about their opinion um that feeds into that inner voice. And sometimes I have to tell myself that Mm. I have to think of myself first. 
No, no, like that's then, like before, yeah. Sorry, go like, ahead. I think that's really important what you was just saying, and I just wanted to like honor you with saying, you know, I have to think of myself first because, you know, as women, as mothers, as daughters, as sisters, we have essentially been taught from, you know, generations that we have to put others before we put ourselves first. It's within our own nature to do that. And that comes from what we know as a feminine energy. You know, the feminine energy is all to do with being in flow of love, of caring, looking after, protecting the, you know, the the good of other people and wanting them to just be their their natural selves. And sometimes what happens is we get so stuck in, I have to do everything for everybody else that I put myself on the back burner and I just forget about me altogether, you know? And it's so important to Mm. not neglect yourself at any age. You know, people think, oh, you get into a relationship, (laughs) you know, once you get into that relationship, oh, it's okay. I can let myself go. I don't have to shave my legs or, you know, I don't have to go for a wax and I can let my brows grow. You know, you're not doing that to, like land yourself a guy you're doing that because you care about yourself you know you're not not working um, out yeah. because you are in a relationship you're actually doing yourself a disservice because you're not working out and being healthy yeah yeah exactly and I think a lot of the times is is that when you have a goal sometimes I feel like for singles yeah. the goal is to get a partner the minute they get a partner, it's like, okay, now I have that goal. I've attained it. And it's not yeah. about the maintenance of it, right? So it was always this thing, like I used to tell my friend, I used to say, yeah, it's good to be married, but the wedding is only one day. The actual marriage is something that takes place after the wedding guests have gone and the honeymoon has been done. Like you need to consistently be in that marriage every day you have to show up every day and I think a lot of times is when we get into these kind of goal-driven state of affairs of I want to be you know in a relationship or I want to be married in two years I want this job in you know in this industry or whatever it is we do so much to ensure that we have gotten that and we've reached it. And then the minute that we get it, it's like, okay, Mm. I can now relax. No, you can't relax. You still need the same energy, the same vim, the same motivation, the same drive that you had to land that thing. Mm -hmm. You have to sustain it. And I think a lot of times is when we think that we're reaching something and we finally got it, we do take it for granted, right? And then once we take it for granted and issues start to arise from that, whether within ourselves mm-hmm. or from somebody else, then that kind of trigger then starts to come in and, and, and we're back into that kind of space of overanalyzing because now there's a problem. There's now an issue. Okay, so, okay, what is it? What is that fixer mode that I need to do, right? Yeah, I need yeah. to get into And this fixer is the thing, mode. it's funny because, you know, when we uh-huh. go into that fixer mode, you're essentially branding yourself as saying, right, there is a problem and we need to fix it. And then you're running the mm-hmm. pattern. You're going back to the overthinking because you're like, there's something wrong with our relationship. We're not having sex enough. He's not doing the dishes. The clothes aren't being done. Mm-hmm. I'm... I'm getting angry because this, this, and this. And what we're doing is we're essentially putting, we're playing the blame game. Because when you're in the blame game of love, you're essentially going to get nowhere with it. Because in order, like, you know, they say, and this is something that I've never understood because I've had two very opposite relationships. And for so many of my ladies I work with, they are like (laughs) polar opposites from the people that they were with to the people they then like get and sustain and live amazing and fulfilled lives. You know, one of the things is, is you just have to know that this, you know, honeymoon period, like when you form an amazing relationship with somebody, that does really like love and passion does exist and it does coexist once you have the right relationship. Yeah. But the minute you settle for the wrong relationship, yeah. 
you are going to overthink, you are going to self-sabotage, you are going to play that, oh, you know, why does my man not make more money than your man kind of mentality, you know? Mm -hmm. Do you think that there's an underlying level of resentment? I think you do. You bring that. um, When you're in the wrong relationship, you will resent anybody who is in the right relationship because you're not in it. And the only reason why you're not in the right relationship Mm. is because you're afraid to be alone to find it. Because it's easy to stay in a bad relationship Mm. because you have something to hold on to. But until it gets really bad, until you find that strength to be enough is enough, you will happily stay there. Yeah. Do you know what? I completely agree with you. And and the thing that, you know, kind of bothers me um, about that is because I've I've had situations where I've heard someone say, listen, (laughs) be happy for what you have. Because the same thing that you think you're running from will show itself again in somebody else. So I had a friend who was dealing with somebody, um, her ex would, you know, he he was just a massive flirt, cheating, just doing the most. And obviously it got to the point where she was just like, you know what, enough is enough. Like, I, I can't do this anymore. And somebody very close to her said, and and I think it's because, you know, they obviously had a child together, but somebody said that you should make that relationship work for the sake of your child. Because if you think that men don't do that, then you're, you're horribly mistaken. They do. So you might as well, you know, try to see the good and try to work at it. And I just thought, okay, so this person has to be in a relationship that's not serving her at all because fear that she won't find somebody who loves mm. her and treat her respectfully and be kind to her and all of these things because you think it's that mind-blowing isn't it that like that is literally do. mind-blowing and this is the problem girl like people give such crap advice that is crap advice like you know from a I'm, know. I'm sure and this is the funny thing People come from a loving space of, hey, let me tell you what you need to do for you. People love to put their two cents in. But the funny thing is, is I'm a firm believer in if I have a problem, I'm not going to take advice from somebody who doesn't have what I want. So if I'm in um, if I'm in a crap relationship, I'm not going to go and seek advice from somebody who is in a crap relationship because I'm going to get bad advice. And I think the problem is, is that we rely on our friends so much to give us the advice of of what mm-hmm. a friend should give us. And it's not what we, it's, they think it's what we yeah. want to hear as opposed to what we need to hear. To hear. And I think a lot of it also has to do yeah. with a bit of self-projection, right? So this person could have dealt with, you know, this person could have dealt yeah. with somebody who was like that, um, left that person and then realized that they couldn't find someone better. So they probably thought, you know what, that person wasn't as bad as I thought. So I did the right thing by leaving. However, when I yeah. left, I didn't find anything good. So I look at it in that sense of, of when you're taking advice or if someone's giving advice, especially anybody who loves and cares for you will offer you advice, but you have to trust yourself. And I think a lot of us don't trust ourselves as much because that's why sometimes we seek the advice of other people because we kind of want them to tell us what to do in a way or validate what we're already thinking if we're not you know, strong enough to make that decision on our own um and i think i think gets to the point is how do we strengthen that inner voice to trust that we know what's best for us and we can indeed make the best decision despite what circumstances might look like 
you know one of the things that i think is is really important and how to actually really strengthen that muscle because it's essentially like going to the gym you have to strengthen the you know the the self-worth muscle in your body and it's kind of like saying to yourself you know and this is a question yeah. I, I say to every single one of my clients before they start working with me right now I want you to think to yourself if you had a daughter and some of them do so think of your baby girl would you be happy if she was in a relationship like you were in would you be happy if she was in a relationship that you were in right now <laughs> or if she was turning into you right now yeah. and if you answer me with anything other than a no then what do you need to do to change that now because the minute you realize yeah you have that strength to change and you have that power to change the outcome oh my god do you just you end up thriving because you know how to shape up because and level up because you've actually taken the time to do that work and that work actually involves you sitting down with yourself yeah. and looking into those wounds and being like do you know what this really this really got me this really triggered me and this trigger isn't just stemming from you know oh he left me this is probably a trauma I've been holding from when my dad left me so it's not just uh oh this, yeah. I'm running this pattern and this fear of he's going to leave me again. We have to clear a whole lot more stuff. And it's more about really understanding that the small tools that you can use to just get you through. And that's things like, you know, when you feel like you're overthinking and you have this little voice in your head that's saying, you're not enough, you're not good enough, you have to acknowledge it because the more you try and pretend like it's not there, it gets louder and louder and louder. And before you know it, it's just completely fogging your mind. So it really is about acknowledging that that voice is there and being like, look, I hear you, but I'm going to choose to do yeah. something different. And it really is about changing your energy yeah. because it's like a, a perfect example is um, one of my ladies was, I was speaking to her today and she was saying, you know, I was walking, I was walking my dog around, around the block and she's in America and it was, um, it was fairly, it was fairly, uh, she was up quite bizarrely, really at an odd time. And uh, she was like, I just had to take the dog out because I was just feeling like I was in a bit of a funk. So she was walking the dog around and it was really windy and like quite miserable. And she was in this moment, she was just saying to me, you know, Natasha, I was feeling so low and so down. Like I just felt really meh. I felt like I was in a bit of a rut. And she was like, I knew that if I hadn't done the work on myself, I would have ended up going home and then everything would have spiraled out of control. You know, I would have dropped the kettle. I would have, you know, done something, you know, just been in that downward spiral of everything's going wrong for me this day. And it was only when she was like, I actually had a choice to do something different. So I put on some music and I danced for like two or three minutes just to shift my energy. And this is something that I would highly recommend to anybody. Mm -hmm music is all about energy and feeling good like how many times do you hear a good song on like you know on the radio when you're driving or you've got like your playlist on and you just go for it because and it just automatically brings you happiness and joy and that's because your energy has shifted so when you yeah. feel like you're in that funk and you feel like you're trying to like overanalyze, you've got that little gremlin peeking its head acknowledge it and choose to shift your energy Yeah, completely agree. I think that's such a great advice because, you know, mm. that's something that I try to tell myself day in, day out, that what I'm feeling is just that. It's a temporary feeling. It's not yeah. permanent until I allow it to be. So what are the necessary steps to shift whatever I'm feeling, whether I'm anxious, whether I'm nervous, whether I'm scared, angry, whatever mm. it is, identify what that is what's triggering that emotion okay and then what can I do to get me out of that space because I am that type of person where <laughs> I would fall into it yeah. I won't even say I will fall into that yeah. <laughs> and I will stay there until I have determined yeah that enough is enough and that time of when my enough is enough can be 
anything. It could be an hour. It can be days. It can be weeks. It can be months. And, and especially now in a time where we're in a pandemic, and you know, some of you know our outlets are no longer there. Mm. So for me, my number one outlet was the gym. And I no longer have that anymore. I see myself substituting yeah. kind of that energy and time into other things. And, mm. and if I'm not careful with how I, how I keep connected yeah. with myself and what I'm feeling, I can yeah, immediately yeah. get into that space. And once I'm in there, it's quite hard to get out of if I don't constantly have to remind myself. So, you know, the factors that you said about music, music is so uplifting, especially, yeah. you know, now the weather is absolutely miserable. It's cold. It gets dark really early. You know, you could be on work calls yeah. and meetings for hours on end. And you just think raw, like this can't be my day. Like this just can't be what my day is day in and day out for the mm. next seven days. And this well, is the thing, next you know, five days until the I weekend. think this is where people, so, we've kind of now become, a, we've kind of become, uh, you know, in we've become in this, we've allowed ourselves to get into that space now where we are using the lockdown to fuel the, oh, like, oh, well, I might as well just stay here and just plod along instead of being, okay, so, Instead of using it like as an excuse, mm-hmm. how can we use like what can we take from it and be like, okay, so I can't go to the gym. I know it's really difficult, but I am going to make an active choice. And yeah. I think this is the thing we can spiral into, you know, like I've I've been there, and I know that you know I don't like being in my pity party for one because it's great, but then you end up staying there for so long, and you're just the only person there, and you have to the balloons and be like, okay, enough is enough, yeah, yeah. and some and and for me now you know those pity parties used to last sometimes like four five days if not sometimes weeks now when I feel a bit met like it literally shifts Mm -hmm. within less than an hour now that is huge because you being able to exercise the muscle of no I'm having a choice I'm not like okay it's not going my way right now but what can I change that you know do I need to call a friend do I need to journal do I need to do some stretches do I need to listen to music you know do I need to go and actually just have a bath and relax and do a bit of self-care and a bit of self-love yeah yeah no you know what you are literally preaching to me right now because um yeah you oh my god that was that was just the word honestly because I literally was thinking in my head not too long ago because mm. I I've, I literally made a conscious effort in the last hour. I was journaling, so I'm going to even mention mm. that because that to me has just been quite eye-opening to, you know, when there's certain things you can't say out loud, mm. you'll be surprised that once you put pen to yeah. paper, what can come out of you. And... You know, this whole thing where I was kind of in a pity party of, you know, um, I spoke in two episodes um, ago about, you know, weight mm. and, and, and how that impacts relationships and, and you know, your level of uh, desirability when you're single and um, the level of attraction when you're in a relationship, all of these different things. And, you know, I had worked so hard to get in myself into, you know, a healthy way yeah, yeah. that I was, you know, proud to be in. Um, and, and I felt as if, you know, when the pandemic started, the motivation to consistently, you know, keep up with what I was doing, I was very motivated. And as the months have gone on, and I think, you know, the, the, the emotions of the gym opening and then closing kind of come in, I found mm. myself telling myself, Jennifer, you know, it's okay. It's okay mm. that you're not moving your body as much. It's okay that you've eaten, you know, this packet of biscuits on your own. It's okay. We're in a pandemic. And I had to tell myself, no, that is so destructive. Why am I sabotaging myself? Because I know exactly how I feel. I'm not happy about this. But Mm. yet I have told myself that it's okay. 
because of the climate that we're in. Mm. And I literally had to tell myself when I saw myself kind of getting into that mindset of I'm going to do something destructive to my body and I have, I'm going to now calm my nerves by saying we're in a pandemic. I literally had to tell myself, Mm. is this something that you need to do? And the minute that I just allowed myself to stop, to pause and to think, I said, no, I don't. I just felt like I was on autopilot. I was just doing things for the sake of doing it because that is kind of the routine I have created in myself. Mm -hmm. And I've used the pandemic to buffer any external, you know, influence that I knew that I would, I would be receptive to to Mm -hmm. say, Hey Jen, actually, do you really need to do that right now? Is that something that you really have to eat? Is this something that, you know, you have to work on for four hours knowing that you're not getting anywhere? Is that something you do? And I think, you know, you just saying what you just said right now just resonated so much with me. And And this is the thing, you know, you have to start to think for yourself a bit more. You you know, the reality is you're a grown up. And you get to go to the fridge every morning or the freezer and take out a huge tub of Ben and Jerry's and sit on the sofa and eat the whole tub of ice cream because you're a grown up. You don't do that because you're a grown up. And sometimes you have to parent yourself and be like, okay, like Natasha, enough is enough. You need to stop doing this now. And that could be not just with eating, but that could just be with the way you talk to yourself. You know, you look at yourself in the mirror I can almost guarantee you will always see the negative before you see the positive. And that is just purely because of how we are wired. And when you don't love yourself, how on earth are yeah. you going to find somebody to love you the way you want to be loved? I completely agree. So I think for me, and then you made such a good point, my question is, how do you think that we could train ourselves to think and, and this is something which more positively? I really want your listeners to hear is because it is about being conscious. Now, for any of you who don't understand the difference between conscious and unconscious, you know, the unconscious is the things that we don't even think about but happen in the background. So right now as we're sitting here and we're doing this episode, I'm not thinking about how my heart is pumping that blood around my body. It's just doing it automatically without me actively thinking. Me being conscious is me currently talking and waving my arms up and down because that's how I speak. I speak with my hands, even though, you know, Jen can't see me right now. But, you know, this is the, you know, that is the difference between conscious and unconscious. Yeah. Unconscious is because you have to consciously make an effort to, you know, change your life. You have to actually make those choices for yourself. And it is about taking those steps to, you know, yeah. sit, take some time, like literally sit down. And, and if you're not, one for a journal like voice note it you know type it do whatever you have to do but really sit down and think to yourself you know who do I want to be in my relationship what qualities do I want to bring to the table how can I really Mm -hmm. show up and uh, allow myself to be the woman who I would be proud of you know and it's about really starting to believe you deserve it because the reason why we don't you know the reason why we lack confidence is because we feel we don't deserve it we feel we don't deserve to have it all because somewhere along the line we got told it's difficult it's hard you might fail and so we build this wall this barrier so the more you the more you work on yourself in doing things that feel good for you and I really mean that you know just because they tell you to wake up at five o'clock and have a cold shower, if that doesn't feel good for you, don't do it. Because it's not, it's something that someone has said and someone else has said, and it's kind of been like, oh, because they had 10,000 followers on Instagram, that's why we're all doing this. You know, so it's about really listening to you because you are Mm. your own boss. You are your own version of yourself. 
you have to listen to what you feel you need that is going to make you take action. Because if you don't do any, if you if nothing changes, nothing changes, and you end up staying exactly where you are. So you have to take uncomfortable action. And yes, that might mean you don't eat the packet of biscuits. And that might be uncomfortable because you're going through some really tough times right now. Mm. But it's the uncomfortable action which gets you the results. I completely agree. No, that was that was amazing advice. Thank you so much. Um, and I think also, so I know that we talked a lot about overanalyzing, you know, in relationships, mm. and we kind of talked from it from a kind of solo point of view. What about if you do have a partner who is very, you know, receptive to helping you and wanting to see, you know, you kind of overcome some of these quite negative, you know, behaviors? How do you think that you can get your partner involved to kind of yeah, help you stop this? I, I think negative this is such thinking. a beautiful question because I can completely articulate with this. When when I first started dating my partner, and I've been with him for almost five years now, and when we first started dating, I'll never forget, you know, we had I'd gone over to um Washington, DC with my brother and, and my best friend. We'd gone out there for for the weekend. And we flew out, we were, you know, we, we decided we were going to do bottomless brunch, barely made it to six o'clock. And I was back in the hotel. My brother had put me in an Uber, <laughs> got a bit worried because he thought I'd fallen into a bush. But that's another story for another time. <laughs> so I end up back in the hotel room and I managed to like stumble around. I, I, I like managed to strip off completely. I'm hugging the bathroom toilet and literally like on the floor hugging it. And I remember calling my partner and just sobbing my eyes out. And I was so, I was crying with like the most amount of pain. Like it was like I was wailing for help. And the reason why I was crying and was like just in so much agony was because the only thing I could physically get out was please don't hurt me. And it just, it was the, it's yeah. just that thing where you wow. think to yourself, I am being the, I mean, I am really putting myself on the line here. Like we've barely been dating, you know, less than a year here. And this poor bugger has to deal with this mess of a woman. And we, we, <laughs> we laugh about it now, but back then it was so real because I was, in this new relationship with this wonderful guy and it was almost like I was really damaging or could have really damaged what would have been such a beautiful relationship luckily it, it worked out and it was fine <laughs> in those moments you have to be able to have the yeah, grace yeah. to reflect on what you are doing and you know sometimes you actually have to apologize for your behavior and your actions and I we sometimes don't do that. Like how many times have you gone out, maybe mm -hmm. had a few too many to drink and got a little bit lippy with your partner? You know? And then you say things you don't mean because you're reacting yeah. because you're afraid. You're afraid that they're going to leave you or cheat on you or whatever it is, you know, that you, you, they're not meeting your needs essentially. And it's really about anybody who is in yeah. a relationship really come from you have to be able to have that grace and compassion and find the balance because when the scales are balanced the relationship works so beautifully when the scales are unbalanced one or two of you have to work in a really loving way to support because I'm not for you know you have to work on a relationship you know we've been together for five years we've never worked on our relationship we've just had a good time we've enjoyed ourselves you know when someone was feeling down the other person supported the other person you have to learn how to be the yin to the yang, you know? Mm, yeah, completely agree. That's amazing. Um, and I think my, my, my question would be, and I think my final question would be is, what would you recommend to help start that conversation? So if someone says, you know what, I find myself in this space, you know, I know that my partner is willing to help me. 
or even if it's, if they're not willing to help me and I kind of want to bring them in, where do I start? I mean, what would one you of the things which I do is I actually it? help women who are in new relationships who are struggling to navigate through you know they've gone through that breakup before which was very almost traumatizing for them and are struggling to really live a balanced relationship with a partner and it's about knowing that your partner doesn't have to be on the self and personal development journey like my partner isn't and I don't know if I don't know whether he's um into you know that space but you know my partner isn't into it but it's about having that respect and you have to do you (laughs) like a famous um it's I was on a like a a talk once and this this doctor she came in and she was like you have to do you boo you do you boo and I was like oh my god I love it so cute I love it and I was like it's so true like right like you have to be yourself you have to look after yourself whether it's with your partner or without the person you have to heal first is yourself because you can't and I think this is the issue we depend on our partner to be the psychologist the therapist the coach the lover the brother the sister the mother everything Mm -hmm. we we're literally depending on our partner to wear all these different hats for us and it's not about that. It really yeah. is about them yeah. finding, it's about you working on yourself enough so that they are not only your partner and your lover, but they're your companion. Exactly. And to be fair, you don't want them to be all of those things. Can yeah. you imagine the weight that the other person has to, you know, feel? I don't you know, I don't yeah. want you to be all of those things. I want you to be a partner first, you know, a friend yeah. second, and then probably maybe a few little things else after. But to to use your partner as kind of your dumping ground emotionally, yeah, yeah. physically, you know, mentally, financially, you know, you also have to understand that <laughs> that carries a lot of weight and burden for them. Yeah. But no, I completely agree with what you're saying. So thank you so much, Natasha, you know, for this this talk. I think it's going to definitely do a world of good for my listeners. So and, for any of you um, guys who are listening, you can, where can hit me up on Instagram you? at Natasha underscore Marie underscore coaching, or you can head over to my website, which is NatashaMarieLifeCoaching.com. And for any of um, your amazing listeners, Jennifer, anyone who's listening today, as a personal thank you, I would love to offer anybody a free half an hour coaching session with myself so that they can really understand where they are right now and where they need to be. Um, They just have to say that they've come through you and your podcast. that's amazing thank you so much Natasha for that and honestly guys please do definitely use her services as you can see she's very insightful she knows exactly what she's talking about and you know if you are in a space where you think that you know what I do want to talk to somebody about this I need to unpack certain things definitely go ahead and get the help definitely go ahead and check her out on her Instagram as well as as her website, you know, I want to use this platform to allow us to have these open and honest conversations about things that we don't necessarily talk about to a lot of people and sometimes even within ourselves. So definitely go ahead and check her out, guys. And for that, I will see you guys next week. Take care.